to the 615 Preps Podcast alongside Scott Burton and Christian Capozzi. This is Chris Brooks. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for coming back for a second episode. Uh, we didn't fire ourselves, so glad to be back with you. This uh, episode is going to be a preview of the teams in our area in Class 6A and Division Two Class AA. Scott, Christian, say hi. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Wait, is that all you got? Come on now. We're doing something right if we're back for our second time. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, I yeah. guess we're doing something right. I mean, uh, maybe we don't get yelled at too much, but uh, hey, no, if we're yelling at least people were listening. Don't listen to him. He yelled at me. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I would never do such a thing. I don't, he would never. I don't yell. I just stare. Yeah. Anyway, again, Class 6A, Division 2, AA, plenty of teams to get to. But we want to start this episode off with our poll question. We posted it on Twitter at 615preps, the Mid-State Preps Plus Twitter account. Different question than the last time. Uh, the nine champions last year, and first off, i got to say, nine is too much. But that's a discussion for another week. Right. Of the nine state champions last year, and we'll name them real quickly, Whitwell, Peabody, Alcoa, Greenville, Knoxville Central, Oakland, Davidson Academy, CPA, Brentwood Academy – of those nine, how many do you think could repeat in 2019? The choices, zero to two, three to five, six to eight, or all nine. Nobody voted for six to eight or all nine. It was anywhere between zero and five, and those two choices had to in a deadlock, 50-50. So, well, no. that's not surprising. I mean, given the amount of the wealth of talent in the state, and you know, it, it makes sense that – and there's just so much out there, and it's so hard to repeat. It is so difficult to repeat that it, it that doesn't surprise me. Don't tell it to Brentwood Academy. <laughs> back to back to back to back. Yep, yep. I didn't yep. say it was impossible. I said it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you ask them, they'll say it wasn't easy. Now, I, I will play a little bit of devil's advocate again this week, and I can make a case for six, possibly seven. And yep. Peabody and Whitwell Peabody and Whitwell maybe Peabody has a decent chance. Uh, Greenville in 4A, Alcoa in 3A. Yep. Oakland in 6A, and all three Division Two teams I think have a chance to get back to Cookville and get the gold ball. And you know who knows Knoxville Central if, if 5A kind of plays like they did last year. Yeah. Before we get to some of this, the teams that are not in the mid state. Not going to be as well-versed when it comes to my point of view here. Um, but I think Oakland for 6A, it's going to be tough if you're some of these teams around here. And we're going to get to more of the 6A teams, especially in this uh, episode. Um, Oakland, Oakland's got a really good chance. you got a couple teams around. A team that always comes to mind is Mountain Juliet. Can they ever just get over the hump of that, that quarterfinal appearance? Can they just get past that? Um, but then I look at some of the other ones, and I'm not as optimistic when it comes to as many returners or uh, to the uh, to lifting that trophy at the end of the year. CPA they have lost a lot, a lot of talent when it comes to seniors last year, and, and you just got to think of Patterson, uh, a guy like that, a, a leader that they had on that team last year, and, and you're also losing your quarterback, and, and so many things go into that, and that's a team we'll get to in this episode. Mm-hmm. I, I fall. I want to fall in more that zero to two range. I think we're going to have some repeats. I just don't know if we'll get to three to five. I, I agree with you, actually. I think that that's the three and three to five is uh, probably the most realistic. Um, I mean, I, Oakland is Oakland is Oakland. 
but uh, you know you have Ravenwood, Cane Ridge. I mean, there are some solid, solid teams out there. It's not going to make it easy. Yeah. Until you find me a team that's going to beat Alcoa, beat Greenville, beat Brentwood Academy. I got three at least right there that I can name in in five seconds. Yep. And then you have Oakland. You have Davidson Academy. You know, those two, I think, have a really good shot. Definitely, at least getting back there. Uh, you can make a case for a lot of teams uh, to repeat, but then again, you can make a case for a lot of teams to, to knock them off. I had four as well, so that's you know, and of course, it's all conjecture, of course. Yeah, right, that's, I can, the, that's the fun of a poll. Exactly, <laughs> and I can make a strong case for six or seven, but uh, I think three to five is really a, a decent number to consider. You know, with the kind of turnover that we have in the state. And right. I totally buy Brentwood Academy. When you win it four consecutive times, it's almost to the point of, all right, I can't call anybody else until i see it right um so brentwood academy has got to be your choice there one other thing i want to bring up from on thursday's episode of uh we talked about the 5a that, that region with beach with hillsboro and then i'm also missing one other gallatin. in gallatin and, yeah. and that's just tough i i like one of those teams in there especially if if especially if beach can get it together again or even Henry County. Yep. I mean, yeah. it, it, that that side, That's, that half of that bracket was difficult to begin with. In Henry County, you know, they played Knoxville Central pretty tight in the championship game. Who knows? Uh, that that's a very difficult one to call. Yeah, that's that actually that Henry County game. That, that I was going. Uh, that's who I think, just off the top, I might come out on top of that. Yeah, but uh, we have some teams to talk about in six A. Let's start with one of those defending state champions, Oakland, the Patriots. Um, they beat Whitehaven for the state title and and did it pretty impressively too. Their last their semifinal and championship games were were not close. No, their entire playoff run was impressive. They outscored their opponents in the postseason 166 to 17. Their defense was there all year long. They gave up about seven points a game last year, which is very good. Four shutouts. And the thing that's so impressive about all these numbers is that eight of those guys return for the defensive side of the ball. They've got some guys to fill in on the offensive side. Uh, but that defense is pretty much intact from last year. Yeah, I mean, they're like shark's teeth. You knock one out, another one slides up into place. They have depth on depth. I mean, they have players on that team that I think uh, that aren't even – that played – they're not even seniors. They weren't even starts, but they played. I think every one of them played, at least got some game time. I mean, that is insane to be able to get to dominate that much that you can that you can get experience to your backup players and get them ready. Yeah, and that region's going to be fun to follow all year long. Um, one of the teams that they beat in the postseason is their first opponent, Hendersonville. And uh, we'll talk about them shortly, too. But look at their going through schedule. They were at Hendersonville to start, have home games against Kenwood and Single. Then they go on the road for four straight at Germantown, Cookville, Rockvale, brand-new school this year, and Blackman. And then they have Riverdale at home at Coffee County and home against Warren County to finish up. You know, the, tables, the table can be set for them again if they do what needs to be done. Well, and Kevin Creasy is just – he's got everything rolling in Murfreesboro. Uh, four years so far at Oakland, he's 53 and five. He's only lost five contests in the last four years. Overall, 132 and 17. I mean, among the coaches that have coached 100 plus games, he's got the best winning percentage of all of them. He's uh, won uh, almost 88 percent of his games. It's just crazy what they've got going on. And I think it's one of those situations where we were just talking about Brentwood Academy, and I know 
Oakland's run is not as long as Brentwood Academy's, but it's one of those things that I got to see somebody else do it and before I pick against them. Well, I mean, you're you're describing a program. This is a program. This is a system of moving players through the high school, getting them experience, you know, and then so many of them reaching the second level. I mean, you got uh, McDonald, uh, he's ranked number 18 corner. He's the old Miss commitment. Um, and you have, uh, see, a couple of undeclares and Cody Sparks, a quarterback. And that's the one question with the team is he's a transfer and he's from Indiana. Mm-hmm. I believe it's his first year there. Mm-hmm. How will he adjust to a wing T offense? Because I don't think he was running much of that in Indiana. That's and a it, good point. And as a quarterback, especially if you're going to be the team guy, running a wing T, you're not getting as many opportunities to wing it get it wing tee as much as you want to. Um, so I, I'm interested to see how that plays out. A guy that he's projected as being the starter, but let's see how you adapt to that offense. I see what you did there, but I need a minute. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> he's searching for the wonk, wonk, wonk. Uh, there, there should be a button for that. I really need it. But uh, one of those teams that's going to try to knock Oakland off is Blackman. You go across town, Kit Hartsfield's bunch, the Blaze. You know, Ten and two last year, but they didn't get out of the second round as Mount Juliet knocked them off. What about their open to this season? Alcoa, Independence, and Ravenwood all in the first month. Yep. Yeah, it's a murderer's row. <laughs> and not to mention four straight road games. You know, we we talked about it with Oakland, Blackman, kind of the same thing. It, Middle of the season, they're not going to be at home. And it was just a just a really almost. A, Bad timing, I guess. Two losses last year, Oakland and Mountain Julie. That's nothing to, to hang your head on. It's a really good football team in Murfreesboro. Uh, really good defense. 12 points uh, allowed a game last year. Averaging almost 38 points a game last year. Uh, an offense, they've got a guy coming back and Drew Beam threw for over 1,500 yards last year. That's second most in Blackman history. They've got some guys coming back. It's not as much experience as maybe Oakland has, uh, but – just pretty similar to the Patriots. They've got that foundation laid there as well. Yep. Yeah, they – I mean, it, there's a there's a lack of uh, experience on the team, especially on offense, but the ones they have are just amazing. Uh, you know, it's, they're going to make up for any, uh, you know, lack of experience. Uh, they've got four players that are in the top uh, – the top 100 uh, uh, recruits – um, led by uh, uh, Dejon Gibson, the wide receiver. Um, they also have uh, uh, Keontae Newson, the wide receiver, who just uh, committed to uh, UT San Antonio. Um, and then they have Malachi Burns, who is a Shelbyville transfer. I think the question for Blackman now is we just said two losses, Oakland, Mountain Juliet last year. You just got to win the big game. They were, they're winning all their other games, 10-2 and two last year, second round. You just got to be able – uh, to go up and, and beat Mountain Julian, and that's a hard thing to do. But that's that's the next step is you got to go and beat the guys that you're not projected to beat. Yeah, they had, yeah. They had 28 points in all but two games last year. They had 28 or more points in all but two. You know that that's a pretty good start. You just got to find a way to do that in, in those games that you know, make the difference. Um, speaking of making a difference, a difference for Riverdale this year is going to be whether or not they can bump through to that top two. Now, what do the Warriors have to do? to improve on a five and six record? Well, they're going to have to run the ball. The, their offensive line is the strength of the offense, and they can flat out control games. Um, you know, they have five seniors and a junior on that line. 
The question is, you know, they can control the line. They have the horses to run with Oakland and Blackman. That's the question. And last year's team, Riverdale, just really wouldn't like what they've had the past couple of years. Five and six, that's their first losing season since 2013. Uh, broke a streak of four consecutive years, winning uh, a, at least one playoff game once they get to the postseason. It's a good ball team. I mean, 500 uh, around that mark. Uh, last year, maybe a little bit different than what they're used to. They got a guy in Taylor Yancey, a senior quarterback. He started 21 games in his career, and as – uh, we were saying the running back behind him, Drew Smith, he's another senior, rushed for 15 touchdowns last year. They've got to be able to run the ball. But uh, you know, the Warriors are going to try to bump into that top two uh, in that region last year. That includes Cookville and Coffee County and Warren County. Uh, Oakland finished 14-1, Blackman 10-2, Riverdale's 5-6, Cookville 5-6, Siegel finished 3-7. They're next on our list. You know, the Stars – you know, they did not have not made the playoffs since 2016. They've got a little bit, little bit of work to to get back there. Yeah, it's it's been a weird time for uh, Siegel because I remember, I mean, it was stock still a couple years ago. Not very long since he's been there. Um, now they got another quarterback in Tucker Sears. He's a Region Three Six A co quarterback of the year last year. Uh, he threw for over 2,000 yards. I think it's about time this team gets back in the mix. I mean, we talked Oakland. We talked about Blackman, Riverdale there, trying to get back into that top three. I've just been waiting for the day that Siegel gets back in that conversation because they've shown in the past they've got the they've got the, the talent to do so. And I think this year with 10 guys, 10 starters coming back on offense, that could be that could be huge for a team uh, that averaged 30 points a game last – or, excuse me, gave up 30 points a game last year. Uh, I, I think it's time for this offense. They can come back now. and The defense will get better, and I think it's, the offense will be able to um, put some points up this year. Yeah, they're going to need to do that to, to, to keep pace with uh, with Oakland and Blackman. It's going to be a little bit different story about Rockvale. The Rockets, you know, they, their inaugural season under Rick Rice, uh, a 200-win head coach, but he's got a, a building project, not a rebuilding project, just a building project, period. Yeah, it's tough because I'm not going to say you want to wait for this team to do anything for two or three years, but he's working with freshmen and sophomores, majority, because juniors and seniors, they're just not going to go to a brand-new school all of a sudden and, and just start their – not just because of athletics, but just their academics. But you got a great coach there in Rick Rice, 203 and 123 overall in his lifetime record. He won 176 games at Wayne County and uh, took them to the playoffs 18 straight years and won a title there as well. They've got the right guy to do it. I just don't know this early on if it's – you know, if you can really put them into the mix. Yeah. I, they can definitely make some trouble. They definitely can make some trouble for some good teams in that region, but that's that schedule's rough. Yeah, and you, like I said, you got freshmen and sophomores going up against guys that we mentioned some SEC commits, um, some, yeah. and it's tough. And I'm not saying that you're not that talented as a freshman or sophomore, but those guys have been in the weight room so much longer than you have, and it's just an uphill battle especially this year first year starting out it's going to be very tough yeah. uh, for Rockville this is the high school equivalent of an expansion team in pro sports you know it's one you grow with you you celebrate the first you celebrate the, the steps that you take but you also have to understand there are going to be some bumps along the way especially in that region a really tough one to get into right away I mean coming in as a 618 right off the bat that's difficult that's very, very difficult. I think that's an excellent analogy there. Now, we move on to Region 4. It's kind of been the same the last couple of years with Mount Julian and Hendersonville at the top. The Golden Bears, Trey Perry's bunch, 
twelve and one. They they were they were extremely stingy on defense last year. It's not just last year. It dates a couple of years back now. I think it's something like twenty five games or something crazy like that where they haven't allowed a passing touchdown or something like that. Yeah. Their defense gave up six points a game last year. Yep. And you got to look back. I think it was two years ago where they held teams shut out six or seven games to begin the season. Yep. Trey Perry is just – he's got it going at Mountain Juliet. They haven't lost a regular season game in, I think, 27 tries. That's um, an offense that they can put up some points. It's uh, offense coordinator Zach White. I'm pretty familiar with him. at Wilson Central days. Uh, but they are losing a lot of guys this year. Uh, I'm not expecting them to drop off, but it's going to be interesting to see if they keep that rolling uh, the way that they have. Yeah, I think that uh, you know they're about as balanced a team as you get. But the biggest question mark, like you said, Christian, is who's going to emerge as the go-to? Who's going to be the guys that stand up and lead that locker room? Well, and it's it's interesting too with the offense being a wing T, and they've got so many guys that they shuffle in and out of there. Um, and a guy we're going to get to in a second, Reggie Grimes, a guy that was at Mountain Juliet. So many touches to go to so many different guys, and, and you know with the whole A back, B back, all these different guys, you'll look at their stat box at the end of the night. They've got seven, eight guys uh, carrying the ball. So having to replace those guys that have less, left, and you look at their key losses this year, it's a big category. Uh, you've got to find those guys. And it's not just, oh, we've got all this talent around. You have to have that many guys for the wing tee because – uh, and m- m- most of these guys are going both ways, so mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how these guys plug and play next uh, this season. They have six straight home games on their schedule too, and that's uh, unusual to have that many in a row, and then the rest of them are on the road. So that's a cool place to have a home game, though. That's a awesome stadium. It is one of the nicest places I've been around to watch a game. I got to give those guys yeah. Mount Juliet credit; they do a good job over there getting that facility ready to go. And speaking of uh, you know players that are. You know, playing Ironman football, playing both sides of the ball. They have Malik Bowen, uh, senior. He's a Duke commitment. Uh, he's going to be exciting to watch at wide receiver, but he also play excels at safety. So uh, that's just a, a, a player to watch there. Now, the, the team that they that Mount Juliet beat for the region title, Hendersonville, and they returned from an 8-4 and four record after losing to Oakland in the second round last year. James Beasley's second season with the Commandos. They've been second the last couple of years. What do the commandos have to do to to knock Mount Juliet off? I think Mount Juliet might have to do something to themselves. Um, There's no (laughs) offense to Hendersonville, but the way they've got stuff going, it might be something that Mount Juliet just uh, lose a guy or something. But Hendersonville is right there with them. Uh, Offense, that wing tee, they're running something very similar that they are, uh, that Mount Juliet's doing. Uh, They only return two guys on offense, but they got a, a senior quarterback. Uh, threw for 570 yards, four touchdowns, but also wing T. You got to be able to run it as a quarterback. He had right around 500 yards, six touchdowns, and it's another one of those guys where you look around and so many uh, players from last year have 200 yards, 300 yards because the ball is going in so many different hands. Um, I think it comes down to Hendersonville Mountain Juliet matchup. That's one thing with Hendersonville. When I covered them, I would always have to write down seven, eight, nine, ten different ball carries carrying the football at the end of the game. I mean, they they don't they don't lack for depth. They don't necessarily always have a workhorse. They'll they'll give it to seven, eight, nine different guys just because of the way that they run that offense. Yeah, I think that uh, their offensive defensive line is going to be uh, key to how they do. Uh, they're they're tough. They're agile. Uh, they're not giants. I think only one starter is over six foot, uh, but you know they they can move the, they can move the pile. That I think is the key to how successful they can they are, and you know if they can compete with Mount Juliet. 
And it's another case of scheduling difficult non-region opponents. Oakland, Independence, Gallatin, all on the Hendersonville schedule. And then also, the Commandos win at home. Since 2013, they are 30-6 and six at home. That's, that's part of the formula is win all your home games, win a couple road games. But when you go to Hendersonville, it's, it's hard to win there. Yeah, their home schedule, and you mentioned it, they have Oakland, Beach, Independence, Wilson Central, Mount Julia at home. That's important because a lot of those are really going to define what that commando team looks like this year. Uh, another game that's going to really define their season is a road game at Lebanon on September 20th, and they're the next team on a list, the Blue Devils. They are a team I think is on the rise. Lebanon is such a good story because for such a long time it, it had not been very pretty there. It had been basketball, and it was let's get to school so we get to basketball season come November. And uh, Chuck Gentry's changed that 13-9 and in two years at Lebanon. And, uh, man, what he's done there, getting them to the playoffs. And 8-3 and three a year ago, they did exit in the first round of Blackman. But, uh, man, it, it's hard to say what he's done there because, I mean, if you had any knowledge of what Lebanon was before his time, it was, uh, I would say, a lot of homecoming games they were playing when it comes to the road. Um, he's done a great job there. And it, it could be a team that they sneak up there to Hendersonville and Mountain Juliet maybe contest like they did last year. Yeah, they played Mount Juliet very tough last year. They were really close to, to even winning that region that they are going to have to replace a guy in Zion Logue who was an impact player on both sides of the football. They've got to find somebody who can who can take his production and run with it. Well, they are returning five on offense and five on defense, I believe. You know, they have the horses to make a good run, but the program just needs a little bit more time to gel. I think that Lebanon is poised to take the next step. It's just going to be how quickly can those uh, younger players come up to speed. And the quarterback position for the Blue Devils is very interesting because they had a guy in Chandler Cripe just graduated, good athlete, a quarterback. He could scramble. He could throw it when he had to. Uh, they're going to call on Breeze Copas this year. He's going to start at quarterback. He's been playing a lot of defense. He had five INTs last year as a safety. It's going to be very interesting to see because he's going to play with a good running back back there in the uh, in the backfield. DeQuante Shannon, he's the first sophomore running back ever to surpass 1,000 rushing yards in Blue Devil history. Uh, it's going to be very interesting this year. I think if they, they can win the games they're supposed to and maybe pull a couple upsets, they could sneak up there and maybe, not saying they could win it, they could possibly take that two spot from Hendersonville if uh, they win that game. Well, one game that they're going to need to win to do that is their November 1st game against Rossview. They're, the Hawks are next in our list. You know, they were Oakland's first-round victim, I guess, if you want to call it that, in the, <laughs> in the playoffs last season. They finished 6-5, and five. Todd Hood in his third year. He's 12-10 and 10 with the Hawks. They have some pieces to replace, too. They've only got seven returning starters. Yeah, I think depth is the biggest issue here. They've got a lot of two-way players. And so, one, they're going to have to stay healthy. Uh, but of those players, their offensive line has size. It's just going to be can they avoid injuries. And this, I think the first half of the schedule is somewhat favorable for them. Yeah, Rossview, six and five, two consecutive years. Uh, you look at their points against an average, it's, it's very close. They give up 22 points a game. They score 17.5 points a game. Uh, big game for them is going to be Wilson Central. Uh, I think Wilson Central and Rossview probably going to battle out for that four spot. Uh, you can throw Station Camp in that mix too. But I, that's what it went down to last year in Rossview. 
uh, wins at Wilson wins against Wilson Central just a couple points. Yeah, and Scott, you mm-hmm. mentioned that schedule. It, it is favorable for them starting out, like you said. Uh, they're at Clarksville, at Laverne, at home against Wilson Central, at Clarksville Northeast, at home against Station Camp, at home against Dixon County. They could conceivably have, you know, four or five wins yeah. before they get to the really meet, the meat of their region schedule on the back end. Yeah, and that'll be that'll be big if they can if they can stay healthy and. And get some good wins early. We go a long way. They finish up at Mount Juliet, at Lipscomb Academy, at home against Hendersonville and Lebanon. So that that, that finish is tough for Ross Few, but uh, right. You know the Hawks still have a chance to to make a little bit of noise this year, despite the you know, the depth maybe not being where they want it to be. Next team up on our list, Wilson Central. Uh, it's been a tough couple of years for Brad Devin's group, three and seven. Uh, your alma mater, Christian. Yeah, and it's not very long ago since Wilson Central was – they had a, my final couple of years there. They went on the run my junior year in the playoffs. They entered – that's the time when everybody in 6A got in. They made it to the quarterfinals. Uh, my senior year, they went 8-2 and two and uh, lost in the first round to Collierville. Uh, yeah, it's 3-7, and seven, two consecutive years for Wilson Central. Uh, I think really what it's been is offense. They've had – there's been so many different changes – I know last year Wes Elrod came in for a little while, and he was kind of their uh, emergency offensive coordinator. But now it's back to Trey Eric, and just very interesting. They got down spread right now, but it's been in the past where they haven't been afraid to go to the wing tee if they had to, or that's been their bread and butter for a long time. Uh, and it's just I don't think they've got the guys up front anymore to do that. It, it requires some big guys on your front, and uh, I, I think they've got to go straight spread. It's going to be interesting. Wilson Central, I said, it's Rossview, Wilson Central. Whoever wins that game, I think, will probably be uh, the four seed in this region. Yeah. You know, half the starters are returning, but all the talents at the skill positions. I think that is what you were uh, talking about, about, uh, you know, are they going to be able to push people around? And that is going to be the big question with Wilson Central. It, it, you know, how long can they stay in games? Can they control the lines of scrimmage on both sides of the ball? Uh, there's no doubt there's talent there. It's just, you know, do they have the uh, the horses to stay with people? And things have changed, too, the last couple of years because, uh, like we were saying, Lebanon, now it's not a team where you just count on a win anymore. That that was kind of their way to get into the playoffs. You win the Lebanon game, and then, I mean, you'd be getting back into District 9 uh, with some of the other games. But it's tougher now. It's a tougher region, especially with Mountain Juliet and with Lebanon coming on. And if Rossview poses a challenge – it, it can be difficult in this region, that last spot for the playoffs. Yeah, and yeah. Station Camp is another team that's fighting for that last spot. They've kind of felt the sting of this region, too, the last few years. They have not made the playoffs since 2014. Sean Hollinsworth is the only coach that Station Camp's ever known. He's entering his 17th season. But the Bison are, are, are starving for some playoff success. They have. They've struggled recently. And it just – from my time in high school, I just it, – it's kind of – mind-blowing because they were always when I first got into high school they were they were the team to mess with I guess that's you had Josh Malone and all kind of different stuff there you mentioned 2014 I think that was Kyle Anderton's junior year the last time they went to the postseason so that's that's been quite a while he's playing tackle now at Austin P. yep mm-hmm. um and I think it's station camp you know stat here six and 19 in road games since 2014 you got to go on the road take care of business uh, they haven't been able to do that recently three and seven last year and this is another team if, if they can prove something early on and compete with Rossview and also with Wilson Central that could be another battle for the four seed and they're going to get some experience back at quarterback Max Barnett was hurt midway through last year he's coming back as a senior and hopefully can 
can get that team on the right track. You know, they, they've got they've got a pretty tough schedule too. They've got they start at White House at Gallatin at home against Hendersonville Springfield. Uh, that's that's not a four game stretch. That's easy by any means. And this is a station camp team. The defense got a lot better last year. Uh, 2017, they were at, or the averaging giving up 35 points a game. They reduced that by 10 points this year. They were only giving up 25 points a game. Uh, and I think with you getting Barnett back at quarterback, I think he only played about four games last year. That's gonna that's gonna be a big help. This is they haven't averaged 20 points a game on offense since 2016. They've got to have some kind of consistency on the offensive side. And that might be a little bit hard to achieve early on. They've only got five starters coming back total, so it's going to be difficult for, for the Bison to, to come out of the gate with any consistency. But they're going to have to find it fast because once they get into region play, it's on them. And also, it breaks on us. So we've we've gone through two regions in 6A. Uh, we'll get the other two regions on the other side. You are listening to the 615 Preps Podcast. So I went to the theater the other day and saw yet another remake. And it was okay, but in these days of remakes, reboots, and reruns, sometimes you just want the original. I know a place where you can find the originals in new and used music, stereos, and speakers. It's called On the Record in Lafayette. They have the best in vintage albums and CDs. Now, maybe you don't get to Lafayette that often, so how can you reach them? Well, they have Facebook Live auctions from time to time, so you can check them out on Facebook at On the Record Vinyl or call 615-888-6964. Hey, if you have a question for us, uh, you can email us at midstatepreps at gmail.com, on Instagram at 615preps, uh, Facebook, midstatepreps plus, on Twitter at 615preps, and our website, midstatepreps.com. Uh, if you want to reach me or shout out to me, Scott Burton, you can reach me at MPP Scott. Yeah, if you want to reach me, Chris at CBrooksTN. And reach me at CP. Kaposi, K-A-P-O-S-Y, 18. That's a one and an eight. Y'all don't realize how many takes it took to get that right, but we got it right about the 17th time. Moving on to the rest of 6A, we have some more teams to go to. Starting in Region 5 with the defending champion, Cane Ridge Ravens. Eddie Woods Bunch has been pretty pretty strong the last few years since he's been there 44-7 and seven in four years. He has turned that place around, that is for sure. Uh, Cane Ridge is very interesting this year. They don't lose much when it comes to players, but what they do lose, it's pretty significant. Uh, you lose a Mr. Football and Devon Starling. Amazing stats last year, 2,159 yards, 25 touchdowns. You're losing your quarterback, Corey Andrews, and also a guy, uh, Jaquez Norman. He was a wide receiver and also a, a DB. Uh, they've got significant losses, but you're building around a lot of talent that's returning. So it's very interesting uh, what's going on at Cane Ridge this season. The junior QB, Xavion uh, Clemens, it's going to be first year starting. He threw for over 300 yards and five scores in backup duty last year. They've got a wide receiver, Quentin Barnes, 800 yards, nine TD grabs last year. Right now he's got offers from Mississippi State, Florida, Arkansas, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, they've got the guys do it, and they've got a couple transfers in as well. Uh, a guy from Overton, Detoy Adewale, uh, he'll play uh, up front and also on uh, offense will play some tight end. And then also Tyquaze Legs, hope I got his name right, uh, Maplewood transfer. So they got two guys up front that are going to transfer in uh, to go along with a, uh, a guy that uh, is a Duke commit, Michael Reese. Uh, they're going to be pretty stout up front. Yeah, the Ravens. Looking to repeat in those region champions, uh, Smyrna's going to chase them. And the Bulldogs, 
uh, come back after a 7-4 record last year, lost to Independence in the first round. Matt Williams in his 12th season with the Bulldogs, 74-53 and 53 record. Uh, they like to go fast. They like to go a spread no huddle offense. They like to go up with some tempo. Yeah, Smyrna is a team I, I saw last year doing Overton games. They beat John Overton within the last 20 seconds, scored in a uh, push in a touchdown from a couple yards out. Uh, Smyrna is going to be right up there with Kane Ridge. That's a big game when it comes to whenever they match up with the Ravens this year. They're big up front on both sides of the ball. They've got a guy, Dallas Walker. He is a big, big man. He's going to play linebacker. He's going to play tight end. Uh, Texas A&M commit right now. He is. You can't miss him when he's on the field. Uh, they've gone to. Uh, they've been eliminated now three consecutive times in the first round. They've made the playoffs the last six years, but uh, three first round exits the last three years. And I know that's something Matt Williams uh, really wants to get his team over the hump. And uh, they got a chance to win a couple playoff games. It's, the problem is they got to go up against these Williamson County schools anytime you get in. And uh, I think that's a region we're getting to next opportunity especially with some of the unknowns at Cane Ridge to really push for that one spot this season yeah size size and more size this team has a running game most uh, d2 teams would dream of and they got a great offensive line uh, sizable running backs I think one six two the other was six foot uh, they're gonna they're gonna power with speed but they're gonna do it quickly because they run that spread no huddle and a guy I want to bring up, and this might be the first time through the previews we've done this, let's talk a little special teams. They're losing a guy, Jose Beza. He's a kicker for Smyrna the last couple of years. And he was a very reliable resource for him when it comes to special teams. Uh, that's a big loss for them. they got to fill that uh, some way this year. And that's a, a part of the game we don't talk much about. Uh, that's huge, though, for a, a, a team, a high school team especially, to have a guy that reliable, that's big. Let's go to Overton next. Um, I can almost just hand this one off to you and let Christian, you can let just run with it because uh, it's in your wheelhouse being there most Friday nights. Uh, the Bobcats. I'm going to sit back with you folks and listen here. Yeah, Overton, it's very interesting this year. Uh, they had the entire the last game of the season, the, the, the scrum with, uh, with Antioch, and, and they were in the playoffs and they get booted out. Uh, Cole Peoples. It's a guy that many people don't know. I've gotten a chance to know him being with the sports network there. Very nice guy. He's going to do a good job. He's very young, 26 years old. Uh, first head coaching opportunity. He's been on the staff there for two years. He was GA at Cumberland. Um, and, look, the Bobcats are losing a lot of talent, losing David Jefferson, who really got close to that 1,000-yard mark last year. Uh, Sam Mast, a quarterback that started for them for three years. Very reliable there in the uh, in the shotgun that they run out of most of the time. Um, but, but, look, I, I'm not going to say that they're going to challenge Cane Ridge or Smyrna. I think they've got an opportunity to really be one of these uh, three teams that push for that final playoff spot like they did a year ago. Uh, they've got a guy up front, Chris Washington. He's committed to Miami. Big guy. Uh, he's going to be a leader on this team. And uh, – They've found their quarterback. Dwayne Jackson is going to be their quarterback. Uh, some people might know that name. Theo Jackson, Overton Bobcat, playing at UT. That's his brother. Um, I'm not going to call for them to make any big moves this year, but I think they're going to compete with some teams, and I think they're going to play pretty hard this year. Let's let's get to another Metro school that might be able to do that too, McGavick. Uh, they were 3-8 and eight last year, lost to Brentwood in the first round. But uh, that might not necessarily tell the story of the Raiders. They're kind of – they're kind of getting back to, to some positive momentum. Yeah, and, and three and eight last year, but they won the right three games. As long as you win, especially in this region, you win those three region games, you're in there. 
Uh, McGavick, they've had three losing seasons uh, back-to-back-to-back now. Uh, Defensive-wise, they're not returning too many guys. Mm -mm. And they're losing some playmakers. They're losing their quarterback, Harley Tyler Neal. They had a wide receiver, uh, Shamar Kirk. And when you talk about returning punts and guys that play on Saturday, I don't know if he's playing on Saturdays. Dude could return some kickoffs and punts, made some plays with the ball in his hand. McGavick's a very interesting team in this region. Yeah, they're returning eight starters, uh, but five are on offense. And as you said, they're only three on defense. Uh, quarterback uh, Marcus Johnson, he's converting from running back. So, uh, you know, how how's the passing game going to fare? Uh, are they going to likely be trying to control him, make him beat them with the pass? Uh, sometimes that uh, you know, it takes some time to develop that. I don't know if he's been a backup before or not, but but you know how quickly will the passing game develop is uh, is vital. Yeah, they, they don't get a lot of breaks coming out of the gate. Yeah, yeah, the gate is tough for McGavick, but those that last month of the season, home for Stewart's Creek, and we'll get to them in a second. A lot unknown about Stewart's Creek right now at Laverne at Antioch, and I think this is a huge game when it comes to this region. Uh, they host John Overton November 1st, the final regular season game. That could be for the fourth spot. Uh, there's a good chance it could be. First-year head coach Burt Brown takes over at Stewart's Creek. Uh, Red Hawks went three and seven last year, didn't make the playoffs, haven't made the playoffs since 2016. So, yeah, there, there's some unknown there, but it, there's there's guys there that can make a difference. Very weird with Stewart's Creek. They won their first two games of the year, uh, played Overton week three, lost that game, and then they went on to lose six more games. They lost seven games in the middle of their season. Uh, and it's a team that's early in their school history – uh, they've been competitive. They were scoring 26 points a game. Problem was they were giving up right around 24 points a game last year. Uh, and, yeah, Burt Brown comes in to replace David Martin, which Martin in this area, he's coached all kind of ball, 234 and 135 all time. Uh, he'd started that Stewart's Creek program. So a uh, lot, to, lot to be known about the Stewart's Creek team. And a couple – weeks early on that's when we'll have to find out what this team's made of yeah it doesn't it doesn't start easy for them with mount julia coming in home they, they get antioch at home they're at clarksville home against cane ridge laverne then three on the road at station camp mcgavick and lebanon before having overton at home and smyrna on the road to close the year and they're looking for their first ever playoff victory they got to get back there that, that's the challenge for them this year uh next up is laverne and the Wolverines, two and eight last season. Stanton Stevens entering his tenth season at Laverne. They they haven't they didn't make it last year. Twenty seventeen was her last appearance. Laverne's very interesting as well. It's not very far. You have to look back, and they were a really good team a couple years ago. Um, problem last year was their defense, uh, giving up about thirty four points a game, and they just really couldn't keep up with it offensive wise with nineteen a game. Um, third consecutive losing season for the Wolverines, but uh, they've got some guys coming back. Wide receiver, Kristen Linez. Uh, he can be a playmaker if they get the ball in his hands. And uh, I think really it's it's one of those other things, too, of um, Laverne's just we're going to have to wait and see with these guys. I, I know Stanton Stevens has been there for a little while. It's just these last couple of years just haven't seen like the, the regular Wolverines we've been used to seeing. Right. I, yeah, they're kind of a puzzle. I mean, it's it's really. Uh, I mean, there's some talent on there. Uh, there's some returning starters. Um, it's just kind of a puzzle that they haven't been able to put it together uh, and really string uh, string some wins together. We wrap up the region with Antioch. Um, 0 and 10 last season. They've lost their last 19 games. 
just a lot to replace. Ian Marshall takes over the program this year. They don't have a lot coming back, just even two returning starters total. The Bears have an uphill climb ahead of them. Yeah, they only averaged uh, 8.6 points per game last last year. They 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 struggled on offense. I think that uh, it's good, like you said, it's an uphill battle for them, especially in this region. And yeah, I think the guy they brought in there, uh, Ian Marshall, he's he's probably the right guy to turn this thing around. He replaces Mike Head. Uh, Antioch's lost 19 their last 19 games. Uh, Marshall. Running backs coach at Ridgeway the last three seasons. He spent a decade in the Memphis area, so I think he's got a good idea of what kind of ball he wants to play. Uh, like like we said, though, it's just very tough with – he didn't have the numbers right now. Um, right. Uh, that roster is not very full. The returners, depth-wise, uh, it says here they, they don't have a guy coming back that played defense – started for the defense last year. So, uh, yeah, they haven't made the playoffs since 2016. It's going to be a tough road, uh, but I think Ian Marshall's the right guy there for the Bears. In addition yeah. to that 19-game losing streak, they also were shut out in the final three games last year so that they've got to put points on the board quick. I mean – it's going to be a long season, I would think, for Antioch, but uh, they'll try to turn that thing around. Oh, I think they got the right guy. I think it's just a, it's it's going to be a rebuild I mean, from the ground up, from the attitude up. Yeah, just going into the that Memphis area and a guy that spent so such a long time there. I, I think he's the right guy. But as you said, when you've got this few of numbers on a Friday night, oh, yeah. uh, and it's it's very weird because maybe in some of these lower classifications, you've got a problem with roster depth, but. I mean, Antioch's got 1,900 students, and they just they don't have the numbers right now. So, uh, Ian Marshall might be make a comparison. It might have to be something like uh, Coach Gentry did at Lebanon. Got to go in there. You got to really sell this program. Yep. You got to let these guys know. Say, hey, I know what's been in the past. It's not going to be like that anymore. And uh, I I think if somebody can do it, it's probably Coach Marshall. Well, let's uh, let's switch gears. Region six. Uh, th- this region is it's not. Very easy to predict it all, but any discussion starts with Ravenwood. Yeah, and a lot of news around Ravenwood lately. Uh, some of it might not have been too good, and some of it apparently wasn't true at all. But, uh, yeah, I mean, 10-3 and three a year ago, uh, lost to Whitehaven in the, the semifinals. Uh, so much talent on this team. Oh I mean, gosh. from from one to the end. I mean, you look at their kicker and everybody they've got on this team. Uh, you commit after commit, a lot of guys that will make plays on this team. Yeah, it's loaded. All positions. They had 17 starters back, eight on offense, nine on defense. That's in, that's incredible for a team that is this talented. Uh, they're, they're no doubt they're going to have their eyes on state championship, and they just might get it this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got a very good chance. Quarterback Brian Garcia, 4,700 yards in his career, 49 touchdowns. He's got a target in Tony uh, Tony Rice in the backfield, he rushed for 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns last year. You can just rattle off all these stats. Uh, the one question going into this season right now, and I don't think we've gotten an answer yet, is about uh, Reggie Grimes. Uh, transfer from Mountain Juliet. His father is now the defensive coordinator there. Uh, that's the one question is, will he be ready to go uh, week one uh, for the Raptors? And, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier about weapons, check out the weapon at kicker. Luke Akers, he's a commitment to UCLA, uh, son of David Akers, a longtime uh, Philadelphia Eagles kicker. And uh, he's got a leg, and you talk about a game changer. And he hadn't done done it for a very long time. He's been just about a year since he's been field goal kicking. That, like we said, the weapon they've got there on special teams, 
that's big. One one more point for Ravenwood. Their schedule, another one of those teams that's going out of out of their region to find these teams. Cane Ridge, CPA, Smyrna, Blackman, all on the Raptors' schedule. And another one that I'm going to note, Pulaski Academy, Arkansas, comes in for a TV game. Very interesting because that's Kevin Kelly with the, the, the different approach to, to football. He doesn't punt. He goes for it on fourth down and onside kicks it a lot. That's going to be a really, really fun game to watch just to see how Ravenwood handles that type of strategy. Okay, Ravenwood's off the off the list. Now we switch gears to Brentwood, uh, another team that could be considered a contender in 6A. And Ron Crawford's bunch, 10-3 last year, lost to Ravenwood in the quarterfinals. They're going to be out for revenge. Yeah, I was at Brentwood um, for their second-round game against Independence, which got them to that quarterfinals. Uh, Brentwood's so solid with Coach Crawford, 35-16 and 16 in his uh, four years at Brentwood to this point. Uh, not too many starters come back on offense. They've got a really nice number on defense returning, and they've got a quarterback. He can just sling it. I mean, there's not many guys in this area uh, that you'd really trust as much as uh, junior Cade Granzal. 61% of his passes uh, completed last year, 2,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, also rushed for 500 yards and 12 more scores. Uh, I know teams around here like to throw it uh, a lot like uh, like they want to, but I'm not sure there's a guy that you could trust more than the one they've got at Brentwood right now. Yeah, protection is going to be the biggest issue with them. I think their offensive line uh, is in a rebuild. Um, but, you know, the Brentwood does that, and they do it well. Um, I think uh, that's the biggest part is uh, you look at the schedule. Yep. You look at that front end of that schedule. Chris, what did you think of it? Yep, NBA, Cambridge, Henry County, Ravenwood, CPA among the first six games. Now, um, those are those are going to be some exciting football games and get some very good teams. And something Brentwood's going to have to do, we talked about how much they want to throw it, they are going to have to find somebody who can tote the rock because they're losing two running backs, Carter McKenzie, also Jordan Nicholas, two running backs that have graduated. The only guy I saw that had any carries from last year, Luke Walters, 13 carries, 26 yards. He'll be a junior this year. They've got to find somebody in that backfield where if Granzow's not having a day that he's accustomed to, somebody's got to be able to tote the rock. Yep. On to Independence. They were third in the region last year, and it wasn't long, long ago that we were talking about Independence just producing D1 talent for D1 talent. They, they still can do that. But uh, Scott Blades bunch, third and, and by a little bit. Uh, D1 talent, they're losing a guy, T.J. Sheffield, going up to uh, Purdue to play uh, football. Great wide receiver. As I was saying, I got an opportunity to watch their uh, their playoff game at Brentwood. They lost a heartache, a, a double overtime fumble, and a Brentwood recovers. Uh, Scott Blade, 56-22 in his six years at Independence. 6-6 uh, six and six last year, but when you play – uh, the teams that they're playing, especially in your region, like sooner or later, you're going to beat up on each other. Yep. Uh, Independence returning their quarterback, Ethan Cash, very solid as well as we were talking about uh, Granzal. Also, he's going to have a target, uh, Chase Bishop, uh, Blaine Bishop's son, who transferred midseason last year. Uh, he only played four games, 175 yards, a touchdown catch, an entire offseason with Independence. I think that connection from Cash to Bishop, it'll be uh, it'll be a pretty good one this season. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, they're returning uh, uh, four on offense, uh, six on defense. I think their defense is going to be the key because uh, they definitely are going to be able to put up points, I believe, this year. Oh, yeah, and I think the defense one area, they probably got to improve a little bit. 31 points uh, a game average last year, giving up 27 for a team their caliber. 
I think the defense got to take a step and improve this season. Well, they they do have Chase Robertson, who's a, a senior linebacker. He's a Princeton commit, uh, so he's going to anchor that defense. But uh, it's how how well they'll be able to protect uh, quarterback and uh, and get after it. And that's by saying about the defense scoring points or giving up so many points. I mean, this region is almost kind of the Big 12 of Middle Tennessee of where you just want to try to score as many points you can. 40-50, first one there wins. One exception to that rule probably was Franklin last year defensively. And the Rebels, they, they finished 6-5, and five, but you know, they only gave up you know 20 or more points four times. You know, they were under 20 – they held opponents under 20 points seven times last year. You don't you don't do that a lot and and not have a decent season. But uh, they ran into Kane Rich in the first round. You know, the Rebels, Donnie Webb, entering his eighth season, but they've got to replace some guys. And that's what you got to do in that region. If if you don't have the guys to combat uh, the points that the other teams are putting up, you just got to play some solid defense. And that's what Donnie Webb's done there since he's been there. Forty-seven, um, thirty-one. His years at Franklin. Uh, Guys returning, it's not a great stellar number. I, th- I think the thing for Franklin is that we know their defense is going to be solid, but I think their offense, they got a quarterback that's returning in Josh Nichols, uh, 14, 48 yards, 13 touchdowns. Problem is, had 14 INTs last year. If he can cut that number maybe in half, right. uh, the defense is going to take care of the job there. They just got to take care of the ball, put some points on the board, and uh, let that Rebels defense go to work. I think the running game is going to be a key. I mean, they have big linemen. Uh, you got three up front that are uh, over 250. Two of them are – one of them 6'5", the other 6'6". Jason Amsler 6'5", 295. The sophomore Fisher Anderson 6'6", 260. So they have some road graders up front. You know, can you establish a running game? That's going to be that's going to be big because if you're if you can establish your running game and have that kind of defense, you're going to win some games. So we do have a theme of scoring a lot of points in this region. Centennial certainly falls under that. Now, this is a club finished three and seven last year. Um, defensively, they have to get better because they gave up more than seventeen points in nine of ten games last year, and um, they gave up a lot of numbers. Yeah, only one game that was. Uh, under 20 points that they gave up, and that was their win at Dixon against Dixon County. Uh, everything else was in the uh, 20s and 30s. Yeah, I mean, 35 points a game, uh, your opponents are scoring on you. That's just, that's frankly not going to get the job done. You're going to put up a lot of points if if that's what you're going to do, which they did last year, scored 27 points a game. But, uh, I mean, they you show it in a game against Independence. They scored 62 points versus Independence last year. I mean, that's just, yeah, eye-opening numbers. Problem was last year, uh, three and three uh, through six games, and they lost their last four games of the season. They just uh, kind of bottomed out that last um, month of the season, which when you're playing some of these teams, that's you can expect that. Probably a good thing for Centennial that they've got quite a bit coming back. They have eight starters on each side of the ball back this year, mm-hmm. so that should definitely help in the experience department, especially defensively. And some coaches might like not like the way that this is lined up for their first five games or on the road. But if that's the case, then that's the opposite coming back. Uh, four of your final five are going to be at home, and and that's especially important in this in this region. You got to have when you play the Independences and uh, these other teams. You got to have as many of those games at home at the end of the year when you can. Yeah, uh, the same really isn't true for Dixon County. They they finish with two games on the road, but uh, the Cougars coming off a three and seven campaign for for Randy Murphy, and. Uh, 
they've got to try to, to climb the hill in this region too and, and see if they can get out of the basement. Yeah, uh, 10, uh, 10 starters returning, four only on offense, six on defense. Um, this team, uh, it, it's going to take a lot to get them to move up the, up, the ro- up the ladder a little bit. As it is a common theme in this, this region, they, just, they don't have a lot of depth up front on both sides. They're, uh, they've got enough to start there, but you lose a guy or two, then you might be in trouble. Uh, Six-game losing streak to conclude the season. Uh, they give up 41 points a game in region play. Uh, that's just that's going to be tough to, tough to do. Uh, and when you score only 12 points a game, it's, it's very tough. So, it, Dixon County, it, it's a tough draw, especially with all these Williamson County schools. Uh, but it's, it's something that they're in. They just got to play with it. Yep. Yeah. Well, we are up against a break. We'll take one now. It's a 6.5 Preps podcast. We're back with a division. Two AA teams right for this. Guys, nothing beats experience for a football team's success, unless it's experience and skill. Yeah, fellas, if it's a home you're looking for, Stacy Bronner with Ben Bray Real Estate and Auction Company has all the tools. He has listings all over Middle Tennessee. Yeah, as an agent, Stacy can list that property for sale, or he can help you find a property that's the right fit for you and your family. So if you're thinking about selling your property, Stacy can help with a free analysis of your home's value. Give Stacy Bronner a call today at 615-388-5595. That's 615-388-5595. Back here on the 615 Preps Podcast. Time to look at Division II AA. Five teams in the middle region, starting with CPA, and defending state champion in AA. Engle Martin's bunch has got some got some pieces to replace. Yes, and we brought that up at the beginning of the podcast of losing Kane Patterson, a great running back linebacker. You're losing your quarterback, Ryan Elge. Uh, he's been your starter at QB for three seasons, so – Anytime you got to replace that, that's tough. They've got another senior, Josh Roper. He's been the backup behind Elledge for, for quite a while now. So uh, just interested to see how this all develops because at 14-0 a year ago, nobody really touched them. You only got one guy coming back on offense, four on defense. What do you do? Yeah, they didn't have a lot of close games last year. Uh, and Only five returning starters. Uh, it's it's going to be – it's going to be an interesting season, especially early on, to see you know who fills those starting roles and, and uh, how they come out. Yeah, they they do have some size though with them. I mean, the guys that they're you know they didn't have that many returning starts, only one on offense. But the guys that are looking to be up front are pretty sizable. Uh, if they can, if they if they're agile, if they are uh, well disciplined, then you know you can build on that. And it becomes more of a reload than a rebuild. Oh, and Engle Martin, during his time at CPA, he's shown he can do it. 99, 16, and eight years. Uh, they've won at least one playoff game the past eight seasons. But this is tough. You're losing 31 seniors. Uh, I mean, maybe average is you got about 20, 20 a team, maybe, just throwing that number out there. But losing 31. So, And it's good, too, that they're, like we said, there are several other teams. They're going out and playing some tough teams. Independence, Ravenwood, Brentwood, all on the schedule. So uh, they, they got opportunities to learn and build during those games until you get to your region and uh, that class. Yep. This was one of those ones I thought when we talked earlier about the poll was could be a turnover. Could be a turnover. Yeah. 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 And the team that they beat for the championship, Battleground Academy, was second in the region last year, 11 and 3. But uh, that uh, that championship game wasn't all that close. Forty-one twenty-one. BGA comes back with you know, some pieces that they've got to replace too. 
Well, and they had to replace their head coach as well. I mean, uh, you bring in Jonas Rodriguez. Uh, your coach goes over to Innsworth. Yep. Um, so, new coach, and that's very rare, especially when you make it to a, a state championship game. Yeah. It's been very interesting. He's got the guys to do it. Um, he got a quarterback, all-region, all-state last season, 2,859 yards, 33 touchdowns, nine in the INTs. They've got some playmakers. Uh, it's just – what do you do with a new coach and new system? Yeah, guys yeah. like Briston Bennett uh, committed to Charlotte Garnett Hollis Jr. to Northwestern, Antonio Stevens to Purdue, and Nick Sempton Pelter had a Bucknell commitment. I believe I said his name right. I hope I did. If if I didn't, I'm probably here about it. I'm glad you picked up because that's why I avoided it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at that. That's uh, one, two, three, four, five in the top 101 they have, uh, if you include uh, – well, no, you got them all. You got them all. <laughs> but, uh, I, I mean, that's, you know, that's pretty impressive. I mean, you have that kind of talent on your team. This is this is the, uh, a team that definitely can uh, knock off CPA. And I want to throw another special teams reference in there. Kicker Jack Sauter, 8 of 12 on field goals last year, 62 of 65 on PATs. It's, if, it's very reliable. If you can't tell, special teams is important here, and we oh. always try to pick them out when we can. Got it. Got to. <laughs> <laughs> Kickers are people too. Yes, they That's are. Right. So, next up, Franklin Road Academy. They're kind of looking up a little bit at uh, the two in front of them, but uh, FRA, you know, they've got some pieces coming back. Yeah, and you mentioned it. Looking up, the eight and five a year ago, uh, semifinals, but they lose to BGA. It's it's tough because you're a good ball team, but sooner or later you got to go back and play some of these guys that uh, that you've gone through through the regular season. That's what's so interesting about. Uh, these Division two teams, especially in AA and AAA, is that so few amount of teams that you're almost guaranteed a doubleheader sooner or later once you get to the playoffs. Right, with all of them making the playoffs anyway, you're going to face up a team a second time. And their first meeting last year at BGA, they lose 14-3, to and then they get thumped in, in the 50-7 to in the playoffs. It was a different, a different animal the second time around. But uh, some of these teams in Division two, you know, you can get – a one-in-one situation where the team that lost the first time actually advances in the playoffs. Yeah, I think uh, I mean, one place they're, uh, they're going to look good is going to be quarterback. Sean Casey, I mean, it's unreal, 209 of 231 passing. That's insane. 1,600 yards, 15 touchdowns. Wow. So, he, he's coming back. So, you have ex- some experience at least behind. He did have a problem with interceptions, but if you're throwing that many passes – yeah, you know, you're 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 gonna have those days. Yeah, yeah Brett Farr. One of the <laughs> one of the point on FRA. I just went and watched. They played Overton in the seven on seven a couple weeks ago. What a great field that is up there. You see all down towards Williamson County on the yeah. hill. Yeah. Whew. I'm yeah. planning on actually going to a game there this year. Just very cool. And if it's later in the year, I'd bring a jacket because there's a breeze the entire <laughs> time. Yeah, sitting up on the hill like that. I used to drive by it every morning. I never yeah. actually got to go up there, but driving by, you, you can tell the facility is very nice over there. Yes. Speaking of facilities, uh, I'd imagine that uh, there's going to be some money thrown around at Lipscomb Academy with the uh, with uh, the hiring of Trent Dilfer. Uh, a very publicized story and coming in as a new head coach for the Mustangs. But, uh, hey, they're making news for, for a lot of reasons. It's a very cool story because 
we've seen in other instances where guys that have Middle Tennessee ties come back to coach high school football, and, and we, we could name all kind of guys. Just mentioned one with Engel Martin earlier. But the thing with Trent Dilfer is he had really no ties to anything in his career with Tennessee. I mean, he beat the Titans when it comes to uh, in the playoffs, making his way to the Super Bowl. Uh, but his daughter at Lipscomb playing volleyball, and they just give him a call to be a head coach. He's never coached anything, didn't spend any time at college or the NFL. He, he'd done some of his uh, national camps working with quarterbacks. But this, so it's very interesting to me just him making that move in his life. Of He's working with uh, – He's working with some of the networks during his uh, post-playing career, and now he's going to dive in as a head coach at Lipscomb. And it's going to be very interesting because uh, Lipscomb, they're going to have to have some work done, two consecutive losing seasons. And when you look at the numbers, not too bad. Defense only giving up 23 points a game last year. I think it's the offense. They were only averaging about 14. And if there's going to be a guy that's going to maybe work and emphasize on offense, you might have the right one with Trent Dilfer. Yeah, uh, the Mustangs are, are – Finished fourth in that region last year. Good pasture was fifth. Jerry Jocelyn's bunch two and nine. Uh, they've lost seven in a row entering 2019. And the Cougars, you know, they've got some pieces, but they've got work to do. They only have nine starters coming back. Yeah, one and ten in 2017. Two two and nine in 2018. They won three games the past two seasons. Uh, four of the last five, uh, they finished with a losing record. It's, it's just been tough times. A good pasture. Jerry Jocelyn, you got some guys returning, but when you're having to play such a difficult schedule, especially in your own region, it's not like oh we're going out and scheduling our own tough teams. No, you got to play them in your own region. It's right. it's tough. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, only getting uh, four back on offense, five back on defense, and then you have to play this group of uh, this caliber of, of uh, teams in your own region. It's it, that's a that's a tall task. A little bit of uh, different talk. Um, week one, not too far around the corner. And I, I want to talk to guys of games that you think about week one that might be interesting. Alcoa and Blackman, we've talked about that one. What are some other games that you're looking at as, as possibly you know, really, really entertaining games? One that's made some news lately, NBA Brentwood. That's a, that's a huge one to begin the season with. you got two just titans when it comes to their regions. That's going to be a good one to watch. Summit Independence, I think that's another really good sneaky game. Go to a region we haven't covered. I think that uh, uh, the Smith County, well, we did cover Smith County earlier, but I think the Smith County-Macon County game uh, was set up to be a good game. Um, I think uh, those two teams are close to evenly matched. I look at Lebanon and Gallatin as a really good one right off the bat that for both it. of those teams. Yeah. <laughs> No, those two teams, they have high expectations and lofty goals for this year. And to play each other right out of the gate is going to be a real, a real good test for both schools. Um, Oakland and Hendersonville, you know, we'll find out a lot about Hendersonville right off the bat too. You know, Centennial and Ravenwood, you know, that's a region game in week one. You hardly ever see that, but they're opening up against each other. Yeah, that's very rare, and that puts a lot of emphasis on your scrimmages you're playing right now and the seven-on-sevens you've gone through because – it's no time of oh we gotta we're gonna give it a week or two to see what we're made of. You got to be ready night one because you may look back come November and go man if we were ready August twenty third we'd be in the playoffs right now. So what about uh, Friendship Christian Trousdale County? Yeah, that's another one. That, that's a, that's another one. Um, you know, two two state contenders in their respective classes. Uh, that was a pretty good little rivalry going back a few years too. Mm-hmm. And that that's going to be an interesting one. And Friendship Christian. 
I think he just put some new turf in, too, over there, too. So, that'll be good for them to break that in. One other one I just found here, East Nashville and Smyrna. Mm-hmm. I think that could be very good as well. Yep. Uh, we talked about what East Nashville uh, could do in their region uh, on our last episode. And then Smyrna tonight, uh, that could be a good one, week one, out of the gates. Guys, good stuff as always. Um, we have one more preseason preview episode to bring to you next week. We'll cover 1A, 2A, 4A, and Division Two Single A in that episode. So hope you can join us for that. Thank you for listening. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. Scott, bring us out. Yeah, uh, again, hey, you want to make a comment uh, on anything that uh, we talked about, email us at midstatepreps at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram at 615preps, Facebook at midstatepreps+, uh, our website, www.midstatepreps.com, and add on, uh, hit us up on Twitter at, at 615preps. All right, guys, we're out. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. Have a good week. Six One Five Preps Podcast is a production of B Squared Media LLC.